And, and so once Jesus was born, you know, for the next 30 years, we don't hear a lot about Jesus. For the next 30 years, we really don't hear anything about him, except for when he was about 12 years old. So there was a 12-year period that went by that the Bible really doesn't even talk about him again. This is when he was born forth inside of the physical being of a child, right? So let's go to Luke uh, chapter 2. Uh, let's look at verse 41. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. It says, And now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the feast of Passover. And when he, speaking of Christ, when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. So, as you read on down, they assumed that he was with family. He was with that group that went with them. But they, the Bible says they went a day's journey. They went forth another day when they started looking for him, and he was no place to be found. He was no place to be found. So, and as we... Um, Go down to verse 46. It says, And it came to pass that after three days, very significant even that, but it says, And it came to pass after about three days, they found him in the temple, setting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And it says, And all that heard him were astonished, at his understanding and answers. When they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why, how, son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, my, behold thy father, and I sought thee sorrowing. You know, because, see, they didn't know where he was. They just knew he was missing. And at this point, it was three days later. In verse 49, it says, And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Was ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And watch this, what it says here. In verse 51, it says, And they went down and he went down with them, came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all those sins in her heart. Verse 52. It says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue in favor with God and with man. Now, when I read that, under, this is the Lord himself. So he was born 12 years go by. Then we see him, the Bible records him being inside of the temple. After that, another 18 years went by. And it says that he grew. Watch this. In verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. He did this for the next 18 years. He grew and increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. The next time we read about Jesus, it was him coming forth getting ready to go into what we'll say active ministry. So let me ask you a question. In your time of you being behind the scenes, how are you spending your time? Are you in a place that you are spending time with God so that you can grow in wisdom, that you can grow in understanding,
Because I know how it is when God has called you to something and you know you got that call on you, sometimes you can get a little antsy. And you get ready, you want to move out before it's time. You want to step into ministry before it's time. Be before the appointed time that God has set forth for you. But this is Jesus. I'm not saying you're going to set for 18 years. I'm not saying that. But listen, he set for 18 years and he grew in wisdom. So it's very important, no matter where you are in your stage of life right now, I want to really encourage you to really begin to take that time and grow in the word, grow in wisdom. Because the thing is, if God has called you to a certain task, your day of reveal is going to come. But the thing is, when that time come, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be in season to be able to step fully into the thing that God has called you to. So it's very important to not to neglect that time of preparation. Time of time of preparation. You know, last week when I had shared a, a, a um, you know, when I went to that one church and I took my ministry card, hey, I'm going out some, you know what, God had to get me ready. Because from the time I graduated from Bible college in 2005, but nine years later, nine years went by before I started pastoring. Even though there were some in my immediate circle, my friends in school, they already pastoring. Been pastoring, was pastoring way before. Pretty much immediately after they, they went pastoring. There's one brother, he going all he's over in China, India, every place, ministering the gospel. But it's that time of preparation that, in a sense, like when God, when I would say, like with Moses, God had him on the backside of the desert. He was tending to, to sheep that even weren't his sheep. It was his father-in-law's, uh, Jethro, sheep. And do you understand that God met him right there on the backside of the desert with the burning bush? That he had that encounter with God? So I want you, I, I, I want you to understand no matter where you are. And there's other things that I know God has called me to. And I'm like, when? But this is a place that God has all of us at this moment. That we neglect not the time of preparation. It is very, very, very important that you neglect not that time. So for 18 years, Jesus. So at that time, when we see him, he was in the temple, 12 years old. He said, don't you know I got to be about my father's business? Boy, come on here. What you talking about? <laughs> it wasn't his time yet. He was probably ready. But the Bible, the Bible didn't say it was his time. That's why he had to go back home. <laughs> Do you know sometimes we can get anxious and step out that we do stuff and they don't, it's a seed. Well, I don't know why. I got, and then we have to go back to the drawing board. You ever been in a place where you had to go back to the drawing board? When you stepped out too quickly and you had to go back to the place of beginnings. My God, my God. Even as your son, that song, my God. For those that don't know, that's my baby. <laughs> she like me to do that. But <laughs> that's my baby. That was anointing, wasn't it? That was anointing. 
But, so, the thing is, right, she was singing that song about a new beginning. Lord, you are my confidence. You are my confidence. Understand that no matter where you are in life, God has to be your confidence. No matter the trials, no matter the temptations, no matter what seems like a setback in your life, but if God said, if God said that all things work together for the good of them that love God, that is called according to his purpose. So you got to understand, your what appeared to be your setback was not a setback, but it was a divine setback for a divine setup because God had to take you back to a place. God had to take you back to a place to import things into you. Every disappointment, every heartache, everything that we go through in life as humans, if we believe what we say we believe, all things work together for our good. I read in Philippians 1, He that began a good work in you. Mm -hmm. Some of you have been, you, you um, stepped out to do a good work and it seemed like everything came at you and knocked you back, knocked you flat on your back. But no, he that has begun a good work. He shall complete it. He shall complete it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And I've been slack because I had said, y'all remember a while back I said, make sure y'all bring your Bibles. But sometimes it's a little darker here in my eyes ain't like they used to be. So I need some light. But look, I really, I, I really want to encourage you in something, right? Get you a good a study Bible, right? Um, I have a Dakes Bible myself. Um, get you a good study Bible and write in your Bible. Because the most amazing thing is you know, we in the age of electronics, right? Everybody, and y'all know me, I would, for nine years, that's what, I, for nine years, that's why I use an iPad. Or I use the Bible at home. But a lot of times I get on the internet, pull up the Bible. But understand that there's a lot of things you miss when you just go with electronic. Because, see, with, when you go to electronic, you put in the scripture, the exact scripture you want, or you do a search to find out what you think you're looking for, and that's all you see. But, like, there are things in my Bible that I had underlined in previous times that as I began to study this, I'm like, oh, wow, that connects with that where I underlined two years ago. And the Holy Spirit can bring illumination to that written revelation. Right? So I really want to encourage you, get you a good study Bible. Now, I prefer the King James Version. You may prefer some other version. That's whatever fits with you, right? But it's important. And, and, and I say that it's important because um, it was even um, even like, in times past, you know, I had to get these reading glasses that I couldn't see. I'd be looking at stuff and stuff be blurry, and I'd be like, goodness gracious. So, hey, it is what it is, right? 
Sometimes I can read it and sometimes like not really there. But anyway, I encourage you again to get you a good study Bible. There's plenty out there again. I have a dates Bible myself. Um, anyway, so what did I say? Matthew? Matthew 3. Yes, Matthew 3. Now, again, let's talk about this um, John the Baptist, right, in Christ. Now, we knew from the story at, at on their birth, when an angel came unto Mary, she said that your cousin Elizabeth is six months with child. Then John was born. According to the scripture, since she was six months ahead, six months later, Christ was born. So John the Baptist was six months older than Christ. Right? So, but it's very interesting. Both of them, their public ministry didn't start until they were both 30 years old. Both of them. Now, let's look at um, this. Um... Matthew chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, in those days, in those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Elijah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Now, let me pause right there for a second. So, we read in two weeks ago when we talked about, we read the prophecy about one that will come before. The one that will come before Christ. He, John the Baptist is a forerunner. He, he went forth to prepare the way. Now, I don't, it doesn't record exactly how long he was out there in preparing the way. My thoughts, I don't know. I, I'm thinking it's six months. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know for sure. That's just my guess. Right? But he was a forerunner to prepare the way for the Lord. We read about it in prophecy 30 years before. Right? And both of them had these supernatural births. It says in verse 4, And the same John and his raiment of a camel's hair and a leathern girded about his loins. And get this. It says his meat was locusts and wild honey. Now, locusts and wild honey. So, as I had said before, sometimes a lot of people just read the Bible at surface, but sometimes, you know, you got to dig into stuff. So my question was like, okay, why is John eating locusts? Anybody ever asked that question? Why is he eating locusts? Why is he eating bugs? So I began to look inside. I, I began to look into that. That's what poor people ate. They're poor as well as locusts is considered a clean um, animal or insect according to the, according to, according to, according to uh, the, um, according to the uh, Levitical law. So he was eating locusts. It was a poor, for the poor, but as well, it was according to the law as being a clean uh, insect to eat. So he was still. See that that right there got me got 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 really got really got my mind twirling about the way we eat today. But that's another story, another topic, another day. But he ate according to the Levitical law. He ate locusts. When I begin to. And uh, uh, when, I, when I was studying over here in one of my notes, again, in the study Bible, it says, um, only the poor ate locusts with butter or honey 
after they were salted and dried. So that got, so that got my attention. I began like, okay, focus. Then I began to dig back into it. And it was a clean, it was something clean according to the law in the Old Testament. It was something clean for him to eat. So he was not defiling himself with the unclean thing. Mm. My God, my God. So, where we like at? Uh, where we like at, y'all? <laughs> I was in Matthew. Thank you, sir. All right. So, in verse 5, Luke 3, verse 5, it says, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all, uh, and all Judea and all the regions about the Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So, this was the first appearance of John, pretty much sent his birth. This is the first talk of him. 30 years later, around about 30 years, this was the first talk of John. 30 years later, but in that time, he grew in wisdom. Right? He grew in wisdom. I read that previously two weeks ago. We talked about Christ was growing, but he also talked about John as well. So, in verse 7, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his, bat come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And um, he said, verse 8, Bring forth therefore fruits met for repentance. And um, verse 9 says, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to raise up these stones, able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now... Also, the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which brings forth good fruit, sorry, every tree which brings forth not, let's try this again. My mind jumping. Every tree which brings forth not, bring not <laughs> forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, it says that his fan is in his hand. So a fan creates what? Air, wind. All right? So when he's talking about the floor, so when they harvest the wheat, they would take the wheat onto uh, the, um, the thresher floor, and they would beat it. And what happens is, it is breaking the chaff, the outer side of the weed, of, of um, the wheat away from the unnecessary parts. And then what they do on that threshing floor, when the wind is blowing, they would take a, like a shovel or something, and they would toss it up into the air. And all of the chaff would blow away, and all the wheat remains. And he said that he would, that he would gather it into the garner. But you have to understand, and all of the unnecessary parts, they burn it. So you, you have to understand, there is going to be a day comes 
when there's going to be a separation that take place. And those that do not know him shall be burned with an everlasting fire. It says that they will be cast into the lake of fire. I know we have a thing, oh, that person going to hell, ah, nah, nah, nah. But understand that grave and the hell would be cast into the lake of fire. Oh, sorry, back up. Death and hell would be cast into the lake of fire. Get this. Okay, I got to say this real quick. Understand that the devil is not in the fire, that, that, that the devil is not in hell. I know everybody, people get, oh, you can go to hell with the devil. No, the devil is not in hell. He's roaming to, to and from the earth. He is the prince of the power of the air, along with the demons and everything else that's in operation, right? So, the beast, as you read, the beast and the false prophet are the first two to go into the lake of fire. The beast and the false prophets. The devil is roaming the earth. The Bible says that he's roaming the earth to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Right? <laughs> so, understand the devil is not in hell. He's not in the lake of fire. Death, hell, would go into the lake of fire. The beast and the false prophet would go falling. Well, sorry, the beast and the false prophet will be the first one to go in. Understand that the devil is not there. But there's coming a day when he will go, and there's also coming a day that those that, don't, that those that are not falling and serving him, they will go. They were going to the lake of fire that was prepared for the devil. So that's what it's talking about, that wheat. That, so, that's what is, so, that's what that, so that's what it's referring to. When John the Baptist said in verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is madder than I, whom shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. And then it says, whose fan is in his hand. He will thirty purge his floor. And that's the uh, threshing floor. And gather his wheat into the garner. And he will burn the chaff with inquenchable fire. Let's look at uh, verse 13. Let's get good. 13, it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. So, what's going on there? So, right there. So, here comes Jesus. After 18 years of the Bible not even talking about him, 18 years, here comes Jesus. He appeared at 12 years old, after his birth, 12 years old. He said, don't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? Boy, come on here, go home. <laughs> I don't know how it was, but when you read it, that's, they took his butt home. Then here he is at, at the age of 30. He'd make another appearance. 18 years later, he grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with man. That's something. When, God, when you get in a place and you have favor with God and man, See, I know sometimes we get in this place. I don't need nobody else but Jesus. You can find favor with God and with man. 
my, 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 my. All right, let's get through this. And it says, let's go back to 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Verse 14. But John and forbid him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou unto me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Suffer it to be so now, for this it, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight up out of the water, Lo, the heavens opened unto him, and he saw, it says that he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. This is when the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus. Hmm. Now, very interesting here. After the Holy Spirit came down upon him, after the Holy Spirit came down upon him, after that, but I want you to understand some things dealing with the Holy Spirit. Some of you heard me say this before. I don't have my notes on it right here, but you know in the Bible where it says, well, okay, back up. The Holy Spirit, let me say this. The Holy Spirit, when it says, um, About, hold on one second. Oh, when the Holy Spirit laid on Jesus with his disciples, he told them to wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be endued with power, right? So we're going to get to that probably next week or sometime. But that word power can be translated moral power, excellence of soul, it's the word dudimus, which you get the word dynamite. And so many times people, they get to preaching that boy, and they go into dunamis power, and he, like, don. No, that word, that, 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 that word dudimus really means uh, power to live right. He will give you the power, moral of soul, so that you will live right. See, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to understand this, and, and I made reference to it two weeks ago, and, 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 and I was questioning about something. I wanted to say, listen, the Holy Spirit is more than you speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues, it's a gift. No problem, great, wonderful. I speak in tongues. I interpret tongues, right? All those things are good. But I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is more than that. The first thing the Holy Spirit will enable you to live right. Yes. The Bible tells us to grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So, Jesus was, Holy Spirit came. Descending on him as a dove came in him. It's given him strength and it's given him power. It's given him strength. And it's given him power. Now, look at what happened right after that. So in verse chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. It runs right into verse into chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus. <laughs> All right. It says, Then Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The Bible don't make no reference about Jesus being tempted until the Holy Spirit was in him. 
Well, really, the Bible don't make a reference to him except for 12, and then here, then after the Holy Spirit came in upon him, and then he said he was led into the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of who? The devil. Understand that God don't put no temptation before you. Listen. What I mean by that is God does not tempt you himself. It's the devil that would tempt you. But temptation only comes when something in you wants that. That's the only way you are tempted. Now, in here, there's many of us that's been delivered from a lot of things. Right? God delivered me from some things. Now, let's take it light. Nothing against nobody that smokes. I'm not, I don't know. But like me, I don't have no problem in cigarettes and say that all day long. I'm not going to touch it. Other types of drugs can say that all day long. I am. It ain't nothing. Nothing. But there can be something else. Like, ooh, God help me. Keep my, mm, help me. Hmm. So whatever that thing is that you feel tempted by, it's because of something in you that desired that. Listen to me. So whatever that thing is in you that desires that. What'd you say? Ooh, she made me jump. You got to kill it before it kills you. Come on now. I'm telling you. You got to kill it before it kills you. Because that thing will kill you. It is designed to take you out. But understand that they, oh God. However long, however old you are right now, understand that the enemy's been studying you. He knows what gets you ticking. He knows what flips your boat. He knows what you like, what you desire. Bible says, let not a man say that he is tempted of God, but he is drawn away and enticed by his own desires that is within him. The Bible says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what goes out of the man. Hmm. My God. So you have to understand. When you find yourself tempted by something, there's something in you that is drawn to this. So you got to kill it. How do you kill it? You can't physically stab it. But the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that divides the what? Into what? So, so, so the weapons of our warfare are not but mighty through God. So you have to utilize the word of God to separate your soul is your mind, your will and emotion, that thing that desire that forbidden thing to desire that thing that will defile you. It's important that you really begin to enter into It's important that we live a consecrated lifestyle with prayer and fasting. Now, I'm all off, but God knows. I'm going to finish this and then we go. When the disciples could not cast out a demon, now they had been casting out demons, but they came against this one and they couldn't get it. And the boy's father came to Jesus and said, I brought 
my son to your disciples and they couldn't cast him out. So now I'm bringing him to you. Jesus said, you faithless generation. He was talking to his disciples. These are ones that have been walking with him. I'm sure they've been casting out demons or not sure. The Bible says that they, one time, uh, they came back rejoicing and said the demons are subject unto us. But they came against this one. And they couldn't get it out. Jesus said, these do not go out but by prayer and fasting. But before that, let's back up, before that. He said, you faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? These go out but not by prayer and fasting. As you read and you study that text, it's all wrapped around unbelief. So I want you to understand something. Prayer and fasting is not what cast out the demon. Prayer and fasting was what got you in a place that you believe what God said. For there was no doubt within you. For you can say unto this mountain, be ye cast into sea, if you doubt not. So there are some things that you're going to come against that's going to challenge your faith. There are some things that you're going to come against that's going to make you get shaky. But listen, you have to live a consecrated lifestyle. Prayer and fasting is not an option. I know we want to do we want to fast for 21 days. We want to get past New Year's and everything else before we start it, though. You know, we want to go to all the parties and everything, you know. Very interesting. And Pastor Erica pointed out something. She told me that. I'm like, huh. I was like, you're right. You know the thing, what we call a Daniel fast? Do you read in the Bible any place that said that Daniel was fasting? There ain't no such thing. The Bible did not say Daniel was fasting. It didn't say it. He told the king, look, give give me 21 days to see how I look after 21 days. That was his lifestyle. Exactly. He just wanted to prove a point. Look, give me 21 days and see do I look even stronger. And they said that he looked stronger and even better than everybody else. Read it for yourself. She pointed it out to me one day not too long ago. And, you know, I looked at it. I'm like, huh, that's good. Look at it. Study it. If you don't believe it, look, for, look at it. I'm not, now listen to me. I'm not talking about going online and say, is there such thing as a day? No. Go into the word of God, into the text, and see. Did it say anything in that section of scripture about Daniel fasting? It does not. When you fast, you are doing without. When Jesus fasts, after the 40 days that we're ready to talk about here a little bit, it says that he was hungered. So he went without food. He didn't say he was thirsty, so he'd been drinking water, right? But I want to challenge you to come higher. Even if you can only go one day, let's go that one day. And the Lord God is strengthening you. Now, I know, well, what if you take medicine? Well, if you take medicine and doctor prescribes you to eat a certain... You eating don't mean you got to eat a big old four, five-course meal to take your medicine. Right, eat just enough for that medicine if you have to take it, if you absolutely have to take it, Right? That's another subject, another day, right? All right. I'm not getting through all this today, but 
Um, Luke chapter 4. Then it says, and then was Jesus led into the spirit, uh, led by the spirit. Matthew, yes, thank you. Matthew, 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 Matthew chapter 4. It says, and then Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tempted by who? The devil. When he had been doing what? For how many days? And it says, he was afterward hungry. So at this point, he had already been out there 40 days and 40 nights fasting. He's at the end. And it says, and afterward, he was hungry. It says, and when the tempter came to him, and said, let's stop right there for a second. So, as I'm just reading that, so he was fasting 40 days and 40 nights. We read other places in the Bible where others fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So he was at the end. And then what happened? The tempter came. Do you know some of the stuff you go through? Sometimes when you get that horror push of the enemy on you because you may just be at the very end of the very thing that God's been taking you through and you get in that place where you get frustrated and you want to do what you want to do and you are right there at the verge of victory and the tempter come. So some of them times when you feel like giving up and you just going to give in, this ain't no use, you are right on the verge of victory. Complete victory. I have begun to notice a pattern over the years. If I'm dealing with something, it seems like, oh, I don't think you You know how they say, you get darkest just before dawn. It's just before the light is coming. It get at its darkest point. Spiritually speaking, you may get at your darkest point in the pressure of darkness. It's coming in on you and then you give in and you bow into whatever that thing is and you were just on the verge of victory you were right there on the verge so sometimes when you get the overwhelming force of darkness coming in on you and you praying and you crying out don't, don't you give up because that extra pressure This is like in combat. Combat. Me, you heard me say, many of you know, some don't. For, that, for those that just kind of, kind of, so you come in and reach you, you may not hurry. I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I spent five and a half years in the Army. I went in the Marine Corps first, left the Marine Corps, and went into the Army. So I was in Desert Storm, Desert Shield, Desert Storm. I was in combat, straight combat. I got fire upon paying down, all of that kind of stuff. So, but I want you to understand in combat, and some of you may can relate with it, those that may have been in combat, if not, you can watch the movies about combat. When a group is about to get overran by an enemy, they just unleash everything they got. Meaning they start firing off everything they got. A last ditch attempt to survive. Some of you in the spirit realm. When you begin to feel that you're about to be overwhelmed, oh my God, you need to release the arsenal of the word of God. You need to, you need to activate your voice. My God. Mm. Okay, watch this. When you just said sound, and I was talking about releasing your voice, I wasn't going there. But as you said that, the Holy Spirit said something different. He said, are the angels of God not ministering spirits for those, of the in, those that inherit the kingdom? The Bible says that the angels hearken 
unto the voice of what? Hmm? Hmm? What do you say? What you say? The word. That's what it says. The Bible says that the angels of God hearken unto the voice of the word. So when you believers begin to repeat the word, the angels of God is hearkening, they listen, they are responding, they are reacting to the voice of the word. Understand something. As we read next week, whenever, when Jesus left this earth, and you know, we go back to the book of Acts 2 and so forth, and we're going to get there, we won't get there today. Prayerfully, we see the Lord, get, we get there next week. But the Holy Spirit, oh my God, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm going, there's something I need to say here, though. The Holy Spirit is in you. The word is dwelleth. When the Holy Spirit dwell in you, the word dwell means to live in, to, uh, to abide, to uh, reside, to uh, reside in a thing by its virtue nature. I'm not getting, listen, I'm not getting to that. Let me finish this part here. But I just want to throw this out there to you. I just want to put this out there. Just like a little teaser to get you come back next week. I don't ever do this, but there's something I want to say since I went there. There's a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Ghost and the filling of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will indwell and the Holy Spirit will fill. Mm, 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 mm. We're going to talk about that next week. Let me finish at this point right here. Luke 4. No, I keep going to Luke 4 for some reason. Matthew 4. Verse 3. I've been in Luke so much. I keep calling it Luke. All right. Okay, let's go back to verse 1. Then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. And then, what happened? The tempter came. It says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. So, you see what just happened right there? The enemy, the devil, was trying to appeal to his natural emotion of hunger. He said, hey, turn these stones into bread. So he was trying to get him in his place where he felt that Christ was weak at because he was hungered, right? And he knew he was hungry. He said, look, command these stones to be made bread so that you can feed yourself. Now watch what Jesus said. Verse 4. Matthew 4. <laughs> Verse 4. It says, and Jesus answered and said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So, understand that time of prayer and fasting, we don't need the food to live. We just need every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Watch this. Jesus, Jesus is the bread of what? So, <laughs> Jesus said, the man shall not live by bread alone. So, I want you to understand, we have the word of God, but as we read forth, we're going to have the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. We have the word, and we have the Holy Ghost. The scripture said that the Holy Spirit will only speak what he what? Hear it. And he will show it unto who? You. So understand, we have the word of God, the bread of life, and we have the spirit himself that lives within us. 
We have the word, the written word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Because his spirit lives in us. We are hearing the Holy Spirit hears and speaks unto us the word from God. And that's why when we read the bread of life and then the Holy Spirit comes and he brings illumination to the written revelation and then break us into another depth of understanding of the bread of life. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, the Holy Spirit of God that's living and dwelling and abiding inside of us is releasing inside of us what he heareth, God speaks from the throne. So, so, so listen, it's important. That's why we can't just read the Bible at surface value. We got to allow the Holy Spirit to bring the light, to bring the illumination on the written word. Because Jesus said, you, might, you should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We can't hear God up there but his spirit that is in us. When we surrender our lives unto the leading of the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, when we are not carnally minded, the Bible says in Romans, uh, I think in Romans 8, to be carnally minded is death, but, 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 but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when the Holy Spirit brings forth the illumination on a written revelation, that's why you can read the same scripture over and over and over again, then all of a sudden you go, you just jump like, ooh, I didn't see that. It was hidden in plain sight. Jesus spoke in parables so that the Pharisees, they had a lack of understanding. They couldn't understand it. Too many of us, get, we, we just read the word and go online and see what they say. Go online and see what they say. Then we try to repeat what they say. And what they say might be even be wrong or it could be right, but there's even deeper revelation that God wants to reveal to you. But it's going to take you getting in the word, praying, asking the Holy Spirit to bring illumination. See, some people say, well, I got a revelation. No, you didn't. You didn't get a revelation of what the Word said. You got some illumination to what the Word said. This is a written revelation. You don't get a new revelation. You get illumination on what is already there. You just didn't see it. God, my God. So, when he said in verse 3, and when the tempter came to him and said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread, he was appealing to the natural appetite, the soul is around the mind and will and emotion. You know, the biggest thing that you have to overcome when you fast is what is going on in your head. Because you are not going to die. We say our stomachs, and really our intestines moving that food around. Oh, my stomach growling. I I got pain over here. I got hurt. No, if you can overcome your mind. So Satan, the devil, was trying to appeal to the natural appetite of Jesus so that he would perform something to, to, instead of relying on God, his Father, the Holy Ghost, for strength. Even though they're one, they're three. We're gonna get into that too. But 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 hey, go ahead and use your power and turn those stones to bread. Jesus said, It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. 
Verse 5. It says, Then the devil take him up into a holy, unto the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Prove to me who you are. Do you know there's too many people that always want to prove something to somebody? I'll just leave that right there. What are you trying to prove to people? Who are you trying to prove yourself to? Hmm. Now watch what happened next. Verse 6. He said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now this is Satan talking. He said, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in thy hands thou shalt bear thee up, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Do you see? That is the word straightforward. Satan utilized the word, taking out of context, but he utilized the word to try to get Jesus to throw himself down. You know what that was? How many of us got so much pride in, <clears throat> I'm going to show you. In a natural sense, but in a spiritual sense, you've got to have discernment. Just because you hear the word of God, you better make sure it's in context with what you're hearing. Because the Bible says the angel will come, that, sorry, that the devil will come as an angel of light. Just because you hear something and it sounds like, oh, that's the word, you better make sure you hear from the Holy Ghost. Because we read it right here, right there in black and white or electronically, whatever you're using. Satan quoted the word of God exactly. So it's important that you position yourself. Study to show yourself approved. So even when even some teaching go forth is in context. Here go one. Women shouldn't preach. Women shouldn't but put it in context. Put it in context. That section of scripture he was talking to that particular church. He wasn't saying women don't supposed to preach. But people would take that, whoop, that's what the Bible says, taking out of context. How do I know that? Because as you go and read, oh, next week, I'm not going there today, but I'm just speak this comment. He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So it's important to know the scripture in context. I'm just going to go down to verse 10 and we can finish. Verse 7. And Jesus answered unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into a seating high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. I'm going to point out something real quick. The first time that Christ uses Christ, this is Christ. I'm not talking about you, me, Christ. When Christ utilized the word of God, say it is written, the devil did not quit. It says, and again, the devil. Again. The devil came back with something else. So there may be things that you may overcome once. What I just saw is like dice. The devil said, okay, let me try this. 
Let me try this. Do you know the devil will keep coming even though you resist him once, twice? He's going to come back with something else. Most of what the times what I've seen with us as humans, the enemy will bring it, but he'll bring it in a different package, a different form, a different shape, talking a different word, but it's all rooted in the same thing. So it's important. That you walk in the spirit of God and that you study the word of God. So, at this point, verse 8, it says again. So if it said again, there was some time before where we already read, right? It said again. Well, let's back up to verse 7. It says, Jesus said unto him, it is written... Then he said, again, thou shalt not tip the Lord thy God. In verse 8, it says, again, the devil, <laughs> the devil taking him into an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto them, and said unto him, all these things would I give you, give thee, if, I, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. What are you what standards have you compromised in or you compromising now for something that you want? In this case, it was the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 10. Then says Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thou shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou worship. I got one more verse. I have to do this. And then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came to minister unto him. That's the other verse. I can't think where it's at right now. other one says that Satan left for a more opportune time. Just because you have victory one day, he's coming back around again. He's going to circle back around again to test what you say you believe. Every one of us go through tests to see if we believe what we say we believe. But it's time for us to walk in victory. We have to walk in victory. We have to walk 